You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. No Love Lost is brought to you by fredsbs.com. That's breads and spreads by Fred. Fred is a local baker that makes delicious homemade cookies and brownies and blondies. Oh my. He also does lots of homemade jams. It's really, really good. I've worked with Fred in the past on other projects and guys, all of the samples I've gotten from him are simply out of this world. I've even gotten uh, some of his uh, cookies and brownies as a present before. Uh, a very kind fan sent them my way and they were absolutely delicious. Uh, and something he has special coming up for Valentine's Day are some strawberry blondies in little heart shapes. Guys, they are so cute. Yeah, if you're not already, follow Fred on Instagram so that you can <laughs> take a look at some of these fantastic treats. Um, but if you haven't already done so, go to fredsbs.com and take a look at their menu to see all of the different options that you have for brown sugar buddies and those aforementioned strawberry blondies. If you're looking to sample multiple treats that Fred is offering on his website, there's also the BS box, which contains six cookies, a four ounce jar of jam, two small orders of baked goods, and guys, you can get that all for the low, low price of $15. So once again, go to fredsbs.com, use that offer code NOLOVELOST, and you'll get 20% off of your order. That's Freds and Spreads by Fred. Guys, thank you so, so much. Uh, it really means a lot to everybody who's um, purchased from fredsbs.com to support our podcast. It really does mean a lot. So uh, without further ado, Michelle, if you please. Let's go to the island I would like to see the polar bears There was a crash And there are others And there are numbers And it all means something supposedly But even though there are times We hang our heads in sadness We know there's no love lost We had to go back. Eh. <laughs> Welcome back to No Love Lost, the podcast where we dissect one of the all-time great shows in television history, Lost. The, the show where we die a little inside every episode. <laughs> I'm Will Link. And with me, as always... Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. And we are here to talk about a season one, episode 21. We're getting close to the end we of the first are. season. Oh, my gosh. How did we get here? The Greater Good. <sighs> this episode is written by Leonard Dick. I shouldn't have put so much emphasis on Dick. I was going to say, you started smiling. I wasn't going <laughs> to say anything, but you started smiling. I am eight years old. <laughs> Apparently. And it is directed by David Grossman. That name sounds familiar. We've seen him direct an episode, right? I believe so. Okay. I can't remember which one off the top of my head. I'm sure I'm sure somebody on Twitter will well actually me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only episode David Grossman ever. <laughs> you may be thinking about the three episodes of Heroes he directed. <laughs> like what? No. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have Google pulled up in front of me is all. Um, and it's a Saeed episode. 
Okay, yeah. So I I was actually correct thinking back on it. I did not see this episode in its initial run. Really? Uh, yeah. You missed a few because you said that about numbers also. Uh, n- what what happened was that during Lost first season, I was still in high school. And so I was doing, I, I did a lot of things when I was in uh, high school. I was on the cross country team and the swim team. And so like there were days where we'd have out of town meets and, you know, I'd get home really late at night. And so there were, there were a couple occasions where I missed episodes and this was one of those ones. And I was really annoyed that I missed this one because it made it look like Saeed was going to kill Locke. <laughs> You know what? Uh, I got a theory. I got a theory about Lost with you. Oh. You missed a couple of episodes. And that's why you didn't. <laughs> that's why, that's I why hate you it? Do, That's why you don't understand the finale. Because you missed a couple of. You missed the greater good. You missed numbers. And quite frankly, if you had seen the complete picture, you would. You would. You would be with me. <laughs> I would be pro Lost because yeah. I'm. I will. I will admit that. Uh, through the series run, I did miss episodes because I had a life to live. Um, I tried... What are you saying about my life? <laughs> I tried. I tried to sit down and watch every episode. Like I said, when I was in college, me and my friends every week would get together um, and and for our weekly viewing session of Lost. And it, it broke my heart whenever I couldn't make it. But there were times where I couldn't make it. So, yeah. Priorities, Megan. Maybe maybe there are some uh, key details that I'm missing because I missed a few episodes. But I am, I am really bummed in hindsight that I missed this one. Because I definitely... This was like... Like I said, I think I caught part of numbers when it was on because yeah. I distinctly remember seeing the numbers on the side of the hatch. Um, so I feel like I definitely came in partway through that episode. This one I completely missed. And it was the only one up until that point that I hadn't caught at all. And so coming in to the next episode, I was like, what happened? Because the reca- I remember that the recap didn't really fill me in. Previously on Lost. Yeah, it didn't really fill me in. So this was actually the first time I've watched this episode. And I really do wonder how I would have reacted to it. Because it is a provocative episode. But I'm also going to say this. Uh, and maybe you disagree. If you were going to have missed an episode, this isn't the worst one for the arc of the season. Maybe for some of the characters, like Shannon, but for the arc of the season to have missed. Because I found this to be a very transitional episode. I found this to be an episode where I didn't know what to do with some of the characters we wanted to show them. Like, like... Give Charlie a baby for an episode <laughs> and have the baby like Sawyer's voice and all that stuff, which is all... <gasps> Hurley, Sawyer, and Charlie. Uh, Dream and a baby! I saw where you were going and I love it. <laughs> I love it. Who's, who's who? I think, uh, I think uh, Charlie's Tom Selleck. I think Hurley's Gutenberg. And I think Sawyer's Ted Danson. I think that's perfect. <laughs> um, so, but, but what I mean with like a transitional episode, I mean, we have come off some real highs, like the whole lock episode where Boone gets hurt and then the whole episode, like of high emotions, yeah. babies being born, Boone dying, 
it's this crazy high level, and the show had to take a breath. Much like Jack needed a breath, yeah. the show has to take a breath. And although there's some real great moments of tension between Saeed and Locke, and it sets up the whole idea of now more people are going to find out about the hatch, it's, not, it, it's kind of the episode that just brings us to the next big thing more than being a it, big thing. It, it's, it's definitely, like, comparatively... Missing the episode where Boone died or where Boone got fatally injured would have been more detrimental, I think, than missing this one. Um, but I will say, that didn't mean that I didn't miss a little bit because there was definitely oh. one reveal that I was completely oblivious about after all these years. I thought Rousseau was responsible for oh. one thing and it turned out it was John They're getting <laughs> hit Saeed oh, over the head. God. Admittedly, it, this has been a long time, and as uh, as maybe to the frustration of some listeners, I'm trying to watch this without like doing research beforehand, like of things I don't remember. I didn't remember who hit who hit uh, uh, Saeed. I legit thought it was Rousseau. Makes I, sense. I totally thought it was Rousseau, uh, and and I thought that you know the episode where we meet her basically confirmed that. Um, because during that, that episode, you know, uh, the, the flashback, it showed Saeed getting knocked out. And so I, I kind of made some, the assumption. Some misdirection. Yeah, I, I absolutely made the assumption that it was Rousseau. But there's nothing within the show proper that actually leans that way. That was one, something that I completely made an assumption about. And so, I, I don't want to jump into it right now but this you know the part where basically Locke admits to it I my jaw dropped <laughs> well my jaw dropped I was shocked and I was like what because it's it's something that you know I, I I'm going through a lot of it, it's the first time Lost has shocked me <laughs> it, ever since the show was it was cancelled this is the first time I've been shocked since the series ended. <laughs> so it was a shocking thing for me. So let's uh, let's talk about the flashback, which is what I'm assuming, despite your shock about Locke, I'm assuming the flashback is what you're referring to when you said uh, it was provocative. Yeah, it's a, it's a very provocative episode, just given the subject matter. Especially when you go back to the... And we talked about this the last time Saeed had a flashback episode. Um, you know, anytime you're talking about terrorism, and, and... It's a complicated subject, and one that I'm definitely not the right person to have the conversation about Muslim representation and what's good and what's bad. But in my opinion, back in 2005, showing terrorists with any degree of nuance was probably a risky television move. I'm not saying that it's good representation necessarily, but showing, like I said, a group of terrorists with any degree of nuance and humanity Holy cow, I was really surprised. You know what I think helped Lost, uh, maybe get away is the wrong word, but but with their dealing with Saeed was the decision to also make him Iraqi. Yeah. And uh, the character. That he wasn't like, he wasn't an American. He already had this like kind of foreign 
air to him as a character, which I think probably made it a little easier for them to... They didn't have to deal with the messy post-9-11 American directly, like, uh, uh, either uh, uh, bigotry or, or things like that. Yeah. Um, I also, you know, we're also... It's interesting what you say because... You know, at the same time, we had shows like 24. Mm-hmm. And I believe not every season of 24 had to deal with, like, Muslim terrorists. In fact, I think very few of them when you really think about it. But but I, I know they were dealing with things in a much less nuanced way, probably. But I remember they would show, like, the home life of, like, the terrorists and stuff like that. But it was still, like... Like, terrorists, and here we have Saeed, who is decidedly not a terrorist, but also sympathetic to these terrorists. Well, and <clears throat> showing... To his uh, friend. I mean, there's a humanity to his to his friend. Showing his friend having a crisis, uh, having a, a very human crisis of, like, I don't think I can do it. It, it's, it seems wrong. People, you know, I don't want to hurt innocent people. You know, what if I'm just doing it because I'm angry? The, like, all of that, I was so shocked that they were delving into those, well, that, those conversations at all. Because the other thing is, why is he angry? Because his wife died in a, in a, in a bombing. Yeah. And who, who's doing the bombings, you know? It's us. <sighs> so it is, just... it is complicated. Also to think... And you said this off the air that, like, oh, it was really provocative for then. Like, now you're right, it wouldn't be as provocative. But in, this is airing, I guess, in 2005, this episode. We were still... We're, like, we're very, like, we're only a couple years into this endless quagmire in in Iraq, The war on terrorism, yeah. yeah. So it's, people weren't necessarily... (laughs) You would think the mass population who was watching network TV then might not be in the mood for sympathies to a terrorist. Mm-hmm. I, I would argue that that's when it's kind of most important not to dehumanize your enemies. Yes. Um, but it's it's one of those things where I think for what they were going for, they were very successful. But again... I'm not the person to have the conversation about how a lot of pe- a lot of um, a lot of people from the Middle East are portrayed in media because it's usually not positive. And over the course of the last 20, 30 years, that representation has almost solely been terrorism based. Yeah. If there's a person uh, who happens to be a Muslim in a show, they're either a victim that gets saved by the, you know, white savior, or they're, uh, or they're an evil terrorist. Every and, Middle Eastern actor, or not even just Middle Eastern... Yeah. Uh, uh, any, the, any actor who is ambiguously brown, and I can say this because I am an ambiguously brown person, a lot of times they has, will get cast as played, terrorists. Yeah, they've been on Homeland or 24 and or it, various... And, movies about the war yeah and i don't want to rag on i don't want to rag on a show i haven't seen but from what i've been able to sort of gleam do you watch homeland no i 
don't. I was a big 24 fan, though. I don't want to rag on shows I, I didn't watch, because I, I never got into 24. Although, I, I, like, I feel like if I had sat down and watched 24, I totally would have been into the oh, gimmick. Oh, well, because it's, 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 24 <laughs> is a show about tension, yeah. and they know how to ratchet up the tension. And I, so I feel like I would have gotten into at least the first season of 24. Um, but shows like 24 and Homeland, I feel like, again, I haven't watched Homeland, but I feel like based on people I know personally who like that show, I'm like, oh, I feel like this probably isn't the best show to deal with nuance well, well, when I, it comes to from when every, it comes to uh, Muslim rest. And again, we shouldn't we shouldn't necessarily be making assumptions because I don't watch it either. Yeah, but I, 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 don't wanna, like, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about a show I've I don't always, watch. <laughs> I've always heard that that's a show that like also started off great and then like it's a show. I don't even know if it's on anymore. Like it's a show that so is no longer in the conversation. Like as it went on, but um, you know we should probably get some plot yeah. here. Um, point being, it, just the, to just sort of put a pin on it, is that, like, I think it's great. I, I think it's absolutely progressive television for the time that it was put on. But what we should be focusing on now is more positive representation so that people don't have to keep playing terrorists or that we can tell different types of stories or, you know. It's just, it, it bothers me when you see a Muslim person in a show and they're just a terrorist. Because for, for me, I don't know what it's like in terms of having, like, um, in terms of ha like, if, just to, to throw my religion into it, like, I, I don't know what it's like if every single show, the person who's Catholic was also a bad guy and also, like, a drug dealer or something like that. But I do know how it feels when I'm watching a show where Mexicans are portrayed and they're just drug dealers, you know? Where that, yeah. that sort of feeling where you're like, well, of course there are people like that in the world, but, like, why do I have to keep seeing this? Why is this the only time I get to see people like me on, on television? So I would just hope, I think this was a great episode for the time, I just, I, I want us to be better in the here and now, that's And all. then, if you have those those unfair portrayals of Mexicans on television, the president sees it, and he thinks it's real, and then he wants to build a wall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then the government gets shut down, and, <laughs> yeah. and we give away at what time we're, we're, we're recording this episode. episode. Um, so, oh, believe I'm, me, a couple of weeks from now, it'll still be shut down the week <laughs> ago. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get on my soapbox. I just, I feel like it's... I feel like it's a conversation worth having, and I wish I was more qualified to have that conversation. That's all. Well, if we ever have someone qualified to have this conversation on the show, I would like to talk to them about As it. As would I. Um, oh, we've kind of already gotten into it a bit. Saeed, he's taken into custody at Heathrow Airport, and the CIA, and I guess someone from, like, the Australian government... <laughs> It's they're very vague about this. I yeah. mean, this is a where really, was he going? What was he doing? <laughs> yeah, it, it's everything is very like this is one of those examples of a script that it's just we just need to get him to Australia. We need to get him to this ter terrorist Which, cell. I guess like the... let's just get him there. And there's some thing about C four. They stole all the C four. Which I, I don't know if that am, am I in? Okay, I don't know anything <laughs> about explosives. I don't know anything about terrorists. <laughs> but 
I don't know and, anything about airports. <laughs> and I don't think I can. I don't think I can get a bunch of C four. But it doesn't seem to me like the biggest, like most dangerous get. I like guess. that we stole that to the level of they stole all the C four. We need someone to infiltrate. Like you know what I, you know what I'm saying. I I guess it depends on the amount of C four. I guess anything. I guess in bulk. so. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know why I'm downplaying C4. You could blow up like a fucking bridge. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm like, it's just some C4. What are you worried about? I mean, I'm just saying. What are you worried about, Quantico? What's your deal? What's your damage? Uh, it's, well, see, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, and maybe it's because that if this were a show about terrorism, and this is not a show about terrorism, if this was 24 or Homeland, it would be like, They've got nuclear, like, a nuclear device, or they've got a, a dirty bomb, or they got the chemical weapons. Yeah, it would be, it would totally be like a chemical thing. Yeah. It'd be <laughs> like they're gonna, they're gonna, this chemical bomb at the Sydney Opera, it would be that. It wouldn't be like Borderland uh, Batman Begins, sort of like aerosol into the population. Yeah. And this, and so that's why, like, I'm unfair, like... This is the C four thing is fine, but you know. Is it not cartoon supervillain enough for you, Will? No, it's not. Not enough. But here's the thing, cartoonish or not, Saeed doesn't want to do it until they say the magic word of Nadia. Mm. They know where Nadia is, so they're like, "You go, infiltrate your old college roommate." I love that's his college roommate too. Your old college roommate, you go infiltrate this terrorist cell. And we'll tell you where Nadi is. So Saeed so goes. We see him uh, at the mosque. Makes contact with uh, with his friend, his old buddy uh, Assam, and uh, immediately Assam like tells him the thing about his wife, which which the CIA didn't tell Saeed. So no. this is new information for Saeed. And then uh, immediately he's like, "Come to my home." Yeah, come hang out, dude. It's been a million years. I really felt for Assam in this episode. I really did. Like, you really feel the... Like, 100% kudos to the performance. Like, you really feel the heartbreak that this guy has gone through. And just, you know, he's trying to put his life back together. And, yeah, he's a part of a terrorist group. But you you see the heartache and you see why. So, they go back to Assam's place. He's got his two roommates because, you know, it's... <laughs> Sydney's expensive. Sydney's expensive. Which uh, we live in Los Angeles. I feel like we can identify. <laughs> they're they're playing video games. They're just like they're. Can I can I just say which video game are you playing in which the crowbar only works on zombies? Also, what were you trying to do? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good question. <laughs> I have a lot of questions about the game you're playing. Um. Australia is a, a, a magical place because, you know, you got all those beans <laughs> uh, that you could carry around. You got video games that are crazy. But you also got bugs in the smoke detector. So I guess the CIA planted that earlier for Saeed to find. To, like, like so win he could, their trust. To win their trust. So... But, like, my thing is, is, like, if they were able to get into these guys' building... If they were able to bug, bug it, them, then... Why did they need Saeed in the first place? Yeah, Entrapment, that's a, that's I guess? a problem I have with this plan, too. Because that has to be, 
what it is. That's the only because Saeed immediately knows where like thing there, is. And... There was a part of me that totally thought that Saeed was going to turn right here and now and that like he was going to be a double agent for a little bit. Like mm. he was going to, you know, put the he he was going to destroy the bug and then go, "Okay, guys, well, this is what's happening. The CIA is watching you. D- you know, da 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 da. They wanted me to do this. They wanted me to do this. You guys got to get out of here. Like, yeah. I kind of thought he was going to do that, or we have to play along so that, like, I can get what I need and we can all walk away from this. Like, I wasn't sure how he was going to play it because we know Saeed has a good heart, and this guy is clearly his friend. So it's like, and, but Nadia means the world to him. And so I'm like, I'm like, how is he going to play it? And no, he sticks, he sticks to his, uh, he sticks to his cover. I was very surprised by that. So he's obviously stays with these guys for a little bit and his, uh, he gains their trust and his friend tells him that like, they want me to be a martyr. Oh my God. And I don't know if I can do this and like you said the great line about like is he just angry is that and he doesn't know if he could do this innocent people will die uh and Saeed immediately wants to end this yeah he's like he doesn't want to do this we could like this seems like the best up we could maybe turn this guy but no the CIA and I get it I get why the CIA wants him to go through with it because that's the only way they're ever going to stop well, this and, cell. And how they're going to get the C4 it, back. It would be a different story if Assam knew anything, but he doesn't. Yeah. Because of the way uh, their structure works. Is yeah. He, so he's just going to, uh, he's just like the last man to get the details right before he, he martyrs himself. So he can't help him anyway. So Saeed's like, but nope, I'm not doing it. He's my friend. And they're like, <laughs> Well, then we're going to have Nadia arrested and sent back to Iraq. She's in America, and we're going to have her arrested and sent back to Iraq. Yeah, a person who, you know, she's not doing anything wrong, but she's, you know, she has a history of insurgency. If she disappears, no one's going to blink an eye, which also was very telling at the time, too, because there were plenty of people who were detained in the wake of 9-11 that did nothing wrong. Just, it sucks. It's stupid. So... Saeed then has to go back to Assam and be like, hey, he has to give him a little terrorist pep talk. You know, he's going to be like, no, this is why we should do it. And yes, innocent people will die, but it's for the greater good. Oh, my God. There's uh, the title. Um, this, I, I will say, you were talking about how 24 uh, is really excellent about building tension. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out how freaking masterful a dramatic scenario this is. Yes. Uh, it's, it, I almost wish we could have more of it. Yeah. You know, this is one of those cases where the flashback is really good and really interesting, and it could be a whole goddamn movie, you know? And we, But instead, it's like 10 minutes of like a 40-minute yeah. show. Could, could you imagine an entire film about a CIA operative or yeah or somebody that they that's being forced to work for the government who is being forced to convince a former friend to become a suicide bomber even though the guy doesn't want to do it 
And if he doesn't do it, then the love of his life and, is going to get carted away. And by the way, oh this same guy, Saeed in this case, he agrees. I mean, he's not really going to do it, but he agrees. Like I'm with, I'm like I'm with you, brother. I'm going to do this with yeah, you. Yeah, because because it's not like he volunteers to do that. It's he convinces Assam to do it, which was he was supposed to do. And then Assam goes, "Will you do this with me?" Because what, part of the story that Saeed concocted was that he also lost someone. Yeah. Nadia, which is partially true. Yeah. Just like this whole thing. Partially true. He did lose her. He misplaced her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's, he's like, oh, where did Nadia go? Where did I put her? Um, yeah, it's, it's heart-wrenching. And it, it's one of those things where, like, just I can't even imagine what it was like in the writer's room when they concocted this scenario yeah. because it's it's brilliant. Well, it's, it's you know, it's Leonard Dick. <laughs> Good job, Leonard. <laughs> um, uh, this is typical Dick. <laughs> classic Dick. Um, but no, this was... I, I really can't emphasize how much I, I really enjoy the tension here uh, and the dramatic stakes here. I feel like this works on paper and it works in execution. And then in true Saeed fashion, when the moment comes, he confesses everything. And he tries. He, he tries, tries to give so his hard. friend, like, the heads up, like, you know, I'm working for the CIA and you see the heartbreak on his friend's face, on Assam's face. He's devastated. He's betrayed. He was used. Yeah. And his friend used him. Used them to, to find a his for, friend for a woman. Convinced him to commit suicide to murder innocent people because ultimately it was for the greater good, and then to have his friend turn around and go, "Oh no! By the way, this was all a trick. I was just using you." It's so To find the woman I love who's not dead, who's even not though dead. I made it seem like she was dead. Um, and, you know, Assam kills himself. Yeah. Because he doesn't... Because Assam is, in his heart, also a good guy who doesn't really want to be doing these things. And, you know, rather than... Because, you know, he could take out Saeed at that point. He could go on with the mission, possibly. But... Uh, Rather than yeah, do any of that. Here's the thing. He could have killed Saeed and gone through with it anyway. And he didn't. He kills himself instead. I think that it's the moment where he realizes how futile this whole endeavor was. And uh, then the CIA comes and they're like, Okay, Saeed, Nadia's in L.A. Here's a ticket on Oceanic. And, he's, he's, and we're like, oh, that's how he got on the flight. But then extra wrinkle, say he does it to himself. He goes, "I want to claim, I want to, I want to claim the body," and they're like, "Well, you know, I can't do this." It's like, "Well, then I'll leave tomorrow. You could put me on a different flight." And that's how that's, and that'll be flight eight fifteen. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so the reason he was on the flight that you know led him to the island was because he stayed to give his friend a proper burial. His friend, who is only dead because Saeed was acting selfish. Yeah. And that's that's the long and short of it, yeah. Although, <laughs> let's also, in fairness... Oh, yeah, no. Saeed was put into a no-win situation. And also, 
I mean, they were terrorists. They were terrorists. <laughs> they were terrorists. They did have a bunch of C4 <laughs> and we're going to kill a bunch of innocent people. So it's also like somebody had to do this job. Yeah. <laughs> you know that the CIA is not gonna hand wave C four. They're not. They're not gonna pull a Will Link and just hand wave a bunch of C four. Installing <laughs> goes ah, it's just C four. I'm really dismissive of the whole C four thing. How much damage can they actually do? Yeah, what they do? Oh, they blow up a building. Just one building. Because <laughs> heaven knows that's not gonna make any headlines. Um. So. But yeah, this was awesome. Yeah. This was, this was devastating. It was gripping, um, and again, I'm just I'm shocked at the time that network. Like, see, I I could totally imagine this being something on Cinemax or HBO yeah. at the time. But this wasn't. This was network television. I, I'm flabbergasted. For all we know, this is a plot line on an episode of Homeland. And, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, we don't know. I don't know. I don't watch Homeland. <laughs> um, so let's get to the island. Uh, yeah. Okay, sounds good. Cause, uh, yeah, there's also... It's not nearly as gripping as the flashback stuff. Oh, I would argue at least one sequence is. Um, but I, I was going to say, there's some good stuff here. Yeah. So, you know, Shannon, obviously devastated. Her brother lover is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um... <laughs> And she's like, you know, she's like, uh, I'm, the, the listener can't see I'm rubbing my own hair. But she's <laughs> like, you know, she's there with the body. And Saeed is trying to comfort her and talk about how Boone is, is brave. And they didn't want, he didn't want, he says he didn't want Jack to take his leg because he didn't want him to use up the antibiotics because he knew he was going to die. I don't remember Boone saying anything about antibiotics. <laughs> He's just like, I'm already dying. Like, don't take yeah. my leg. <laughs> but, it, was, um, it was more like, Jack, you're acting like a crazy person. Don't do this. But also, at the same time, Jack is acting still like a crazy person. He is wandering the jungle. He is exhausted. He's going in circles. And Kate, I love how Kate just kind of strolling through the jungle, catches up to him because he's just walking in circles like a madman. He doesn't know what he's doing. So I watched this episode. Um, I actually watched it the first time. We were gonna, we were actually going to record this episode uh, a couple weeks ago, but I ended up getting sick. So, But I didn't cancel until the last minute, so I actually watched it um, late at night, and I re-watched it uh, yesterday with my roommate. And, you know, Kate walks into frame... And my roommate decides to start making commentary, and she's like, oh, hey, it's our almost protagonist. And I was like, no, it's Detective Kate. <laughs> and, and then Kate finds the bandage, and I'm like, Detective Kate is on the case. Yeah. <laughs> and then, sure enough, she finds her man. Kate's the best detective on the island. She's the best detective on the island. <laughs> um, forget Detective Pikachu, Detective Kate. <gasps> they should team up. I'd watch that. I would watch the hell out of that. I'm probably going to see that stupid Pikachu movie, too. What are you talking about? Stupid. It looks adorable. I know. It looks it wonderful. It looks, I know, but it's like... It looks like a cool neo-noir, but with Pokemon. I know. It's like Roger Rabbit with Pokemon. <gasps> yes. No wonder I love it. Oh, my gosh. I'm totally into that. I'm probably going to see this. But I mean, okay, what I mean by stupid movie... <laughs> I mean, if you had told me, like, before that trailer came out, you're going to see a movie where Pikachu's a detective, I'd say, what, are you out of your mind? <laughs> and then I saw that trailer, I'm like, oh, I guess I'm seeing this. <laughs> I guess I'm going to go see Detective Pikachu. 
I'm excited. It looks like it's probably going to be the best video game adaptation. <laughs> well, much like with Pokemon, how you got to catch them all. Jack wants to catch Locke. See how I brought it back? <laughs> Way to bring it back around. But, Don't go into the tall grass, Jack. <laughs> but Kate is like, you You got to get some rest. And also, there's a funeral Ooh, going on. I want the Dharma Initiative to be Team Rocket. <laughs> anyway, so we sorry, go back, back to the funeral. And uh, Saeed speaks at the funeral. And yeah. he speaks about how, again, about Boone, how Boone tried to save that woman. Like in... And he wishes he had gotten to know Boone more, which is certainly what I imagine a lot of people on the island are thinking at this moment. And then who shows up to confess what he did? John Locke. Oh my gosh. This whole sequence was so uneasy and so uncomfortable. This is like the first time where the rest of the people on the island look at John Locke in the way we've been like jokingly describing yeah. him as like that weird loner guy uh, with all his secrets and uh, you know trying to form a cult. This is the first time everybody on the island, since he threw that knife in Sawyer's direction, is looking at him. But instead of like awe or like ooh, what's this guy about? This this cool what? crocodile Dundee guy. Now it's like, ooh, what's yeah. this guy? About? Now yeah, it's so <laughs> different now and like just. Just the framing of the, the faraway shots with Locke really far away from the rest of the group. And, you know, it doesn't get emphasized here, but Jack's mantra, you know, that from earlier in the season, live together or die alone, um, you know, Locke's the one that's isolated in this moment. It's really interesting. And this is a moment where also Locke realizes he has to come be part of this group. Uh, and I think he also, he has genuine oh, guilt because he, he didn't care terrible. for Boone. He feels terrible. But the fact of the matter is, is that he got Boone killed and then lied about it. Yeah. And, um... Because as Jack points it, out, he based his diagnosis on misinformation. Also, he... What's great about him showing up at this funeral... So when we end the last episode, it's like, we're going to find John Locke. And when we begin this episode, like, Jack's like, I'm going to find John Locke. And then it's just like, I'm here. Well, it, it, it takes away, like, it, it, it kind of, which is clearly frustrates Jack, too. Because Jack, I mean, like, but it takes away, like, this whole, like, vengeance idea yeah. that Jack has. Jack but was then, like, I wanted to go all taken on him. <laughs> but then it replaces it later with a more like, shouldn't be totally unexpected, but unexpected vengeance idea. Um, I also, what I also love about this moment is that John Locke shows up still covered in Boone's blood. Yeah. Like that is a striking image with his, you know, normally white shirt just absolutely drenched in Boone's blood. Like it is unnerving to say the least and you know we we know that Locke never meant for that to happen but we also you know nobody else really knows what happened so it's it's a very unnerving moment and Jack now knows there's something about a hatch mm -hmm. the question they, they want answers from Locke and Locke's not quick to give answers but what he is yeah. quick to give is uh, Boone's backpack to Shannon and he comes over, and he tries to... I think he's genuinely trying to, like, you know, connect with her. 
Yeah. And and express this regret and give her these things. He he legitimately feels remorse for what he did. He's not he's not putting on a face like and even when he's trying to explain to everybody what happened, you can tell like he feels terrible. And so like he's when he's like I shouldn't have let him come with me all those times and Shannon, I'm surprised she she responds in any form of the affirmative of like he just would have done it anyway. Like, that's just the type of person yeah. that Boone was. You know, always which, trying to do good. Which almost makes you think things are going to be okay. okay. Until she goes to say, like, hey, remember when you said <laughs> uh, anything you could do for me? And so it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, anything you need. I'll make you tea. Uh, oh, I'll find some candles. You know, we'll just sit down and talk about this. What she wants is him to seek revenge on John Locke. Opposite of what I had in mind, but, um, okay. And I mean, every, even Walt is looking at Locke weird. Yeah. When, he's ring, when Locke's ringing out the bloody shirt and stuff. Yeah, and that was, that brought on a sad moment, too, between... Walt and and Michael because like Walt's like well if we if we hop on this raft are we gonna die, and Michael's like tries to to you know ease his fears but he's like no of course we're not gonna die and then he goes well Boone died, and yeah but you know it's interesting because Walt's character isn't necessarily this isn't the first time he's dealt with death no I mean so his he mom already has a didn't sense pass away of, that long ago yeah so. I don't know if he would have needed Boone. Well, I guess... I, I don't know. Well, I don't know if we would need Boone to start thinking about it, death. But then again, this was it, more it, in his face. His mother probably died in a, it, in a hospital, and it was a long... Where Boone is suddenly... He was there well, the day before, and now he's dead, and he died a bloody it, death. It sullies what Walt was... Re- like, Walt was really enjoying himself on this island. It was basically yeah, was, an island vacation for and him. Despite getting attacked by a polar bear. Yeah. But yes, <laughs> and that he may or may not have manifested with his mind. No, he didn't. Yes, anyway, he did. Anyway. But, um, <laughs> um. He summoned but, it at the very yeah, least. Yeah, yeah, okay, he summoned, <laughs> he summoned it at the very it. least. But, <laughs> Whatever, um, the show's dumb. But he's also <laughs> been enjoying Locke. Like, Locke yeah. has been more of a father figure than is he, his father on the silent form. And, and if, and that's ruined if Locke is to be believed, you know, if he believes what Locke told him about, you know, a miracle happened to me, if he believes Locke, then, oh, there's something special and cool about this island. And, you know, it got to the point where Walt, whether or not he actually meant to, burned a raft so that they could stay on the island. And now here, yeah, his, his illusions a, of how nice this place is have, and how nice Locke is have completely been shattered. Which is also a very cult of John Locke thing to do, burn that raft, because John Locke is hitting Saeed over the head <laughs> because Locke don't want to leave this island. Mm-mm. Locke thinks they need to be there for a reason. Uh, he thinks it's ridiculous that people are building a raft. Yeah. Now, um, while Saeed is getting ready to go on a little walk with John Locke to this airplane that he speaks of, uh, Jack, uh, he, uh, you know, he's really tired. But Jack, Jack never wants to sleep. Jack doesn't want to rest. So, uh, Kate drugs him. <laughs> um, I thought about this for a little bit and, like, I thought about it, I was like, is this a cool thing to do? Like, was this 
kind of skeezy because I thought about it. I was like, if the if the roles had been reversed, like if Kate had been adamant about something and then Jack drugged her to keep her there so that she could get rest, I was like, I would really hate that. Um, and so I was thinking about it like that. So like, is this okay? But then I thought about it a little bit more and I was like, well, Jack is acting like a fanatical madman. Oh, he's punching yeah. people. He's wandering. He's all, and he looks like shit. And that's the thing is, like, who knows how much he blood he blood. actually yeah. gave Boone. He was up all night. He's super dehydrated. He probably hasn't eaten anything. So it's one of those things where, yeah, like, I'm like, it's semi not cool, but also he didn't really give Kate a choice because he's not listening to reason. Now, for for a character who's so devoted to science and, you know, what he can perceive with his own eyes, like, he's acting like a fanatic. Um, but you know what else he can't is, let go. You know, he can't. Now, you know what, though, is also amusing and somewhat creepy about this that I thought about? Um... <laughs> When he wakes up, Kate's just sitting there looking at him. Yeah. I, to which I was like, she didn't know when he was going to wake up. How long has she been just silently sitting there staring at him while he sleeps? And of course, she only left once, just long enough for someone to steal the key to the gun case. But we... She's like, I'm going to go make some soup. Yeah, but we will get to that. <coughs> so this is actually one of my favorite things in the episode. The Saeed interrogation, where they're walking through... The oh, jungle to get so to the good. plane. And Saeed's asking Locke, you know, he's asking him questions. He's, he's asking him about yeah, the injured leg and how they found the plane. And he's asking about the hunting. Like, oh, well, the, I thought you were hunting for boars. And Locke is answering the questions. And they're both being so pleasant to each other. But they're also both so smart and so well aware of what is going on. Until Locke eventually does... I mean, here's the thing. John Locke, he's a master at tabletop games. He knows a strategy when he sees one. (laughs) And he knows who Saeed is. Yep. Um, Well, and something kind of interesting, too, is um, he mentioned, like, not 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 to rag too much on John Locke, because, again, we know he's a good man misguided but a good man he's also very much a liar because when he's washing the blood out of his clothes Saeed remarks on his scar where you know his father stole his kidney um and war wound yeah war wound he's saying that to an actual soldier that's pretty shitty like he could have just said I I realize it's a traumatic thing for him and that it really it was sad you know it's, it's one of the worst things in the world that happened to him but it would have been so easy to just say, oh, it's from a surgery. Like, oh, it was a kidney transplant. I gave my kidney away. Like, I know there, there would be follow-up questions, but it, 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 it's more honest than war wound. Yeah, but I think war wound, I get why he says war so wound. So that there wouldn't be any follow-up yeah. questions. I still think it's a shitty thing to say. <laughs> um, so they get to the point, they, they find the Virgin Mary statues filled with heroin. And Saeed's grilling Locke, but Saeed is believing Locke on most of the things. And, and honestly, Locke is being, other than saying things like, I saw the plane in a dream, like, Locke is being fairly forthcoming and honest. He even does admit to being the one, we talked about it earlier, hitting him over the head. Like I said, that, that moment completely shocked me. 
I, I was flabbergasted because I was like, what? <laughs> and then it cut, I think it cut like directly to commercials right after that reveal. And I was like, what? <laughs> because I was, which, because I, I, you know, go back in time to when Saeed was questioning Locke about his whereabouts when he got knocked yeah. out and he threw Sawyer completely under the bus. Yeah. And I just thought that that was Locke just throwing that out there because, hey, Sawyer's a shady character. He might have been responsible. Why do you believe but him? He was but no, he cover. was covering for his crime. <laughs> I'm just so... I didn't think this show could still shock me. So uh, kudos, well, I, kudos to the show and the power of season one. I am happy to hear <laughs> you enjoyed that show. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed, and that's the that's the beauty of planting and payoff that season one is so good at. It's like here's a thing that happens and it gets a payoff later, and it's so good. And I just wish the rest of the series had been good like that. Oh man! Although, I can't wait. although, who knows? That's right. Now that you saw this episode, all that bunny rabbit stuff that oh, you didn't like, you're gonna love. Stop! I I will punch you. Season four is the show's best season. <laughs> I am gonna stand by that. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, Locke's being very forthcoming. Locke even hands over his gun. So he calls him out. Oh, you got that gun? Where'd you get that gun? Oh, I got it from this guy over there. But here, you could. Have. So Locke is being. The only thing Locke will not be forthcoming about is the hatch. And he's like, the hatch on the plane. Like, he's making it seem like Boone was talking about... And Saeed knows this is a bunch of bullshit. Quit, quit, quit messing with me. I loved that moment, though, where he hands over the gun and he's like, hey, you know, I gave you the gun, you're armed and I'm not. Doesn't that earn me a little... A little good, a little good faith, yeah. and Saeed calls him out on it. He's like, "No, it earns. It, it basically just means that you're adaptable." And I loved that. Yeah, I just, these two really smart guys who understand How what the they're doing. How the game works. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's freaking fascinating. It's also great that Saeed gets that gun because we don't know is Saeed going out here to kill him. Be to get revenge yeah. for him because his girlfriend wants him to get revenge. I don't know if they going steady yet but his uh, lady friend his, his gal lady pal. friend <laughs> special lady friend <laughs> um so Saeed basically believes John Locke he believes this is an accident yeah. and we know it is he comes back and tells Shannon like I believe it was an accident which was basically his way of saying I'm not gonna, I'm kill, not gonna this kill this guy over an accident yeah and, and I don't even know if Saeed would kill him if he thought it was a murder. Because, I mean, you can't just drag people into the jungle and kill them. It's interesting because if John Locke had been evil or, like, if he had been, like, an Ethan, it is interesting to think about how far Saeed would have gone in that regard because as, as you know, Charlie made a, the tough decision to kill Ethan... Uh, because he was just, he was so certain that Ethan was never going to stop. Yeah, in fact, um, I don't think Charlie would consider it a tough decision, though. Yeah, no, yeah. he's like, the, yeah. this was the only choice. So I, I do wonder what Saeed would have done, you know, if he was in a similar situation, because Saeed seems a lot more reluctant to kill at this point in time in the show. Yeah. Because he's trying to be a different person than he used to be. Um, Boone's death. Really put a cramp 
in Saeed's relationship status. <laughs> like, it's really messed things up with him. Because Shannon's like, Meh. And what does Shannon do? Jack wakes up. He's like, where's the key to the guns? <laughs> and he's like, that son of a bitch John Locke must have them. And then Saeed's like, no, I know who's got them. Um, yeah. Now, we, we actually, we were... Because I was very curious about how audiences in 2005 reacted to this episode, we, we started doing a little digging. And while we were digging around, we, we couldn't find anything about the audience reception to this episode. Uh, but we did find uh, <laughs> a continuity error here. Uh, how did Shannon know about that key? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> well, the answer is, apparently, Kate... Case of Labbermouth. <laughs> Kate slips up and says something uh, that we will see that. And this is this is the benefit of a show that has episodes that take place in the past sometimes. They can correct things. Uh, Retcon things is the word you're looking for. In uh, the classic episode, Expose. I don't recall that one. Oh, yes, you do. In this episode, apparently, we figure out, uh, Shannon figures out where the guns are. Why is Shannon in a season three episode, expose? Because it is the Nikki and Paolo episode. Oh that, my god! That flashes, that flashes <laughs> That shows back, that which, they were there the whole time. Yes. Now, I will also <laughs> say this. I, I, I know I half joked when I said classic but i will and we'll get to it nikki and paulo terrible characters terrible idea for the show i get why the show tried it did not work terrible idea the episode where they die is legit good i had a i had a buddy named max uh in i i like look he does a lot of instagram stuff about movies and uh, he, he did a Lost rewatch recently, and I saw him post a couple weeks ago uh, the, you know, about the episode with Nikki and Paolo, and he's like, one of the best examples of television course correction in history. It is. Honestly, it really is. <laughs> and I will be very interested to see if that's how I feel about it by the time we get there, because, uh, you know, I have a lot of complaints about Shannon and about Boone in the larger narrative. In the, in the wake of Boone's death right here, I feel like all the stuff we're getting is very effective stuff. But I have a lot of complaints about them getting killed off in the larger narrative because I felt like they had more plans for Shannon and then they killed her off because people didn't like her. And I, I don't like when a character is set up for a character arc and an executive goes, oh, nobody likes them, just kill them. Because I'm like, okay, you just made me waste time with that character. And is that why she was... I have no idea. See, I, don't I have know. no idea. I, I need mean, to I need to. I mean, the problem that. is we're also dealing with a show that they introduced more characters so I could see them wanting to get rid of characters. Yeah. It's also a show where, I mean, famously, they had a lot of plans for Mr. Echo, but the actor wanted off the show. You yeah. know, some people just don't like living on Hawaii. And that's, then you not got something, that's not something you can help, but I will say to, to Mr. Echo's credit, he was a likable character, and his death was shocking. And and I, I prefer Mr. Echo's death to Nikki and Paolo's because I felt more, I felt more like the, the legs... Wow. Like, you made me spend time with these garbage people for nothing. Look, it was how Impala I felt when they got garbage characters, up. but I would argue their episode... 
Oh, it's, it's good. It's probably and, well put together. And <laughs> it's got Billy D. Williams in it as Billy D. Williams. Is he? It's been yeah. years since I watched it. It's going to be good. I can't wait to do it. <laughs> years from now. Um, okay, well, let me... Let's, let's... Sooner than we think. We're almost done with season one. Well, let's get back to Shannon here. Okay. So Shannon gets the gun. And, mm-hmm. of course, they they run and they... they Catch up to her just in time to see her with a gun aimed and at Nikki John And Nikki Apollo could have stopped her. Yep. They didn't. Because <laughs> they're garbage humans. <laughs> and Shannon's going to shoot Locke. And, you know, Saeed knows she's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're trying to talk to her. They're trying, he's getting closer to her. But Saeed realizes very quickly, like, I have to physically act. And he does. Uh, and he saved John Locke's life. It was very confusing as to where John Locke got hit when the gun went off, because he clearly, I guess he got grazed. Yeah. But, it, I mean, they really make it look like it's some direct hit. Yeah. Um, especially, I don't remember, there aren't a ton of lost promos that I remember. I remember the one, you know, where uh, Steve Scott died. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that promo. And I remember, I remember the promo for this episode, which is one of the reasons why I was really annoyed that I missed it. Because yeah, they made it look like Saeed was going to shoot Locke, and that it, like, it definitely looked like in those promos that Locke got shot in the side, which he didn't. Yeah, he just yeah. got grazed. And so I, w- I was very surprised, you know, coming back a week later. I'm like, oh, John Locke's still alive. Is he hurt? No. Huh, wonder how all that worked out. I guess I'll never know. <laughs> and Locke... Because Hulu doesn't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> and Locke says to him, I'm like, look, I know what you've given up. I know what, what, what you know, the result of, of, you know, helping me here was. And Saeed's like, you're going to bring me the hatch. Yeah. <laughs> My relationship status is in shambles now. You are taking me to that stupid hatch. <laughs> So that's the that's the meat of the episode. We already alluded to there's a three men and a baby storyline where Claire won't let anybody watch the baby. And you know it's so funny because we did with we took a little bit of a a couple of weeks cuz you got sick and then there was like the holidays again tipping off when we recorded this. <laughs> and I had forgotten that Claire had just had the baby because it had been so long since I'd watched the previous episode. I'm like, oh yeah, she just had yeah, that that's baby. That's the baby that stole Boone's soul. The, <laughs> the, she had that baby the day, the day, the night before. Yeah. And you know, she's looking pretty good for having just given birth. So it's like, yeah, when they're like, you need to rest, she really does need to rest. But I also get why she doesn't want anyone to watch yeah. that baby because, you know. Only you can raise this yes. baby, even though I'm a weird charlatan psychic person that put you on this plane for no reason. Yeah, I wrote in my notes here, raised by another. The second Charlie took that baby, raised by another. Um, so Charlie's watching a baby, and it's all like, it's cute comedy. Yeah, it's, it's three men and a baby, because then Hurley's like, they're singing... Uh, Oh, what the hell is I feel good. That's the only thing Harley thinks will stop the baby from crying. And he's like, that's all I have. <laughs> that's the only that's the only tool in my toolbox right now. Um oh, the man. only thing that makes this baby stop crying is the baby loves Sawyer's voice. So then later they're reading some automotive magazine. 
I, and I get soy. you, kid. I get you. I could listen to Josh Holloway do that accent all day long. I get it's you. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, at the end there, everybody's like, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. It does. It takes an island <laughs> to raise a child until, you know, your child ends up uh, in a helicopter that crashes and then you're in a in a raft and then you end up on Penny's boat and then you're raised by someone else while you stay on the island and raise your squirrel baby. That is so weird. I it's don't that, understand why this show goes that way. It's uh, that's just I mean, that's very, you know, that's very typical. <laughs> I I really loved you know, uh, we were making jokes about, you know, Soy needs glasses, and we've made jokes about, like, lighter B-plots, but, oh, man, if this wasn't just precious. This was a cute B-plot, and this was an episode that needed a little bit of levity, because there's n- there's no levity in the episode before. Yeah. The But it's funny, when I was... I was writing up a tweet to promote the Sawyer Needs Glasses episode, and I wrote all this stuff, like, all this heavy stuff about John Locke, and then it's like, also Sawyer Needs Glasses. (laughs) Because it is, like, the science. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, but yeah, this this was absolutely precious. And I really love season one lost B-plots and C-plots. Like, it's just, it's so nice. (laughs) Um, Especially for, because, like, there's so much seriousness with, Jack's fanaticism and mourning Boone, when even though he got a way nicer funeral than St. Scott, like yeah, <laughs> like it's still, like I said, I have my complaints about Shannon and Boone in the larger narrative, but all of the stuff regarding Boone's death is very effective in context, and I remember being really sad when he died, and it, it emotionally it really and, works in this season, and also. This was at an age where, you know, they weren't... Well, I mean, we were post-Soprano, so people were dying on TV. But it still wasn't a given that characters were going to die. That series regulars were going to die. Especially since they had had that blatant fake-out just a few weeks prior. When when Skistock... (laughs) Guy whose name I forget died. When Steve Scott died. Um, because, like, they very much heavily promoted that, like, someone will die for that episode, and it ended up being nothing Steve Scott. I, somebody died. <laughs> yeah. And it Try telling up... that to Steve Scott. <laughs> Steve Scott's dead now. I can't tell him anything. Um, but, so, the fact that then, then they actually killed Boone for real, that was very jarring. That was very shocking, so... So now it comes to the point in the episode, we got to talk our light and dark, our Jacob Man in Black. Um, Ooh, like, I have a hard time picking a Man in Black. Uh, if you have one, go right ahead. Um, well, I, I think my Man in Black is what I kind of opened with. Like, it is a transitional episode, and there's, there's a lot of things I, I, I like in it, but I do think it, it struggles to... to it, it, it wants to you know, take a breath and show where everybody's at, and some of it feels a little forced or unnecessary at, at times, you know. Uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta get Jin and Sun in there, we gotta see where they're at, we gotta get, uh, you know, I like the baby stuff is cute, but it also is like, well, we just gotta give these people something, because we're gotta, transitioning. Like, it's like somebody didn't have, like, had no idea what to give 
Sawyer to do. So they're like, oh, we'll just have him yeah. read something to the baby. Yeah, it's 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 a transitional episode. It's an episode that they slow things down. Which, in in all fairness, is very much needed at the at the. Yeah, know, the I know it's episode. needed. But at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean that just viewing I mean, the episode on its own, like as, I mean, it could, as we mentioned, we, we it's been weeks since we recorded last, since we last sat down to watch an episode. So maybe watching it, you know, one week after another, it doesn't seem so grindingly slow. Um, I mean, you could also say that because Shannon, and this is something we read a critic said, but it's, but it's <laughs> Somebody true. Somebody who, who works for IGN, or who worked for but, IGN. But, but it's also true that it's, uh, Shannon's really good in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it reminds you that her and Boone never really had all that much to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, fair. What's your, um, uh, um, I could make my, my Boone and Shannon complaints, like I said, within the framework of the larger narrative, but I feel like that'll be, I'll save that probably for when we say goodbye to Shannon. Um, honestly, I have a hard time straight up picking a, a legit man in black for this episode because it's it's so well crafted. It's it's got it's well written. All of the all of the drama all of the high stakes drama is really well constructed. Um, I guess you could argue that like as you you pointed out before, uh, the scenario in which you know Saeed finds himself in this scenario, it's a little yeah. hand waved. But I think for me, my man in black is more just the the state of the industry when it comes to uh, uh, Islamic representation. That's a so good this is one. A, this is a man in black for the world um, because this might have been provocative television in two thousand five, and arguably still provocative television now. But like we just need more positive representation. Um, just in general, we need more Kamala Khan's. So world, if you could do better and like give more Kamala Khan's to the world, I would be very much appreciative. No love lost solving <laughs> racism. <laughs> and One just like that, racism's fixed. Well, and when, xenophobia when is that, fixed. See, right now, when the episode drops, so make sure this <laughs> one drops. Um, uh, you know what, I'll throw this also as a man in black, uh, just because Jack often annoys me. And we know that I'm on Team Sawyer, Team Locke, the two people who are often against Jack. Uh, Jack's got to calm the fuck down. Calm down. Take a nap. You shouldn't need to be drugged to just... Yeah. This should have been another indication that the writers were starting to have trouble finding things for Kate to do now that she's not the protagonist anymore. Because it's like, what's Kate going to do? Well, she can make him some soup and then... uh. Then watch him sleep. Well, this is, this is, I mean, there are so many shows now, The Walking Dead being a great example, where they just have too many characters, and you can argue that Lost had, uh, Lost, They were juggling a lot. They have to juggle a lot of characters in an age when we didn't juggle this many characters, usually. Um, uh, my, my, my light, my Jacob, uh, I love the lock. Saeed scenes so much. I love the way they regard each other. I love the way they just look at each other. Like, they're so fucking calm in the way they talk to each other, even though it's like they should be at each other's throats. I love it. That's mine. Uh, I'm... 
I, I'm just going to throw out one more thing I liked about the episode before I give my men in white. Um, I also loved Charlie giving the baby the nickname Turnip Head. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're if you're a Miyazaki fan, my mind immediately went to Howl's Moving Castle, and I'm like, oh, he was a he was a Miyazaki fan before that movie ever came out. That's <laughs> <laughs> so great. Um, but uh, actually, maybe it was after that. It might have been right might around, have been the, around same, the same time. Might have been right around Howl's the same Moving time. Howl's Moving Castle might have been 2004. Yeah, it might have been. Like and it's right around that time. So, and we know that Disney uh, is responsible for the distribution for Studi- Studio Ghibli films. So, uh, I don't think that was a direct reference to Howl's Moving Castle. Just maybe, maybe Charlie's secretly a Miyazaki fan, is all I'm saying. Um, but My Man in White, um, I have to agree with you, Will. That scene where, I'm gonna have to give it to, uh, that scene where we find out that John Locke is responsible for, for knocking out Saeed Mm. all those episodes ago. Just, and I'm gonna give it to the fact that, like, I didn't think... I would ever feel an emotion like that going through this rewatch of the show. I didn't think this show would have any surprises for me that I genuinely enjoyed. I think that, like, as we go on, there are going to be plenty of surprises where I, you know, facepalm or I go, oh my god. Um, But this was one that genuinely surprised me because I, I never saw this episode. It genuinely surprised me and it delighted me. So I wasn't expecting that. So I'm going to have to give it to that moment. But I also want to give it, you know, all-star performances all around. But I'll give it to the actor who played Assam. Like, I, I really, really, really enjoyed his performance. He, he really gave a heartfelt performance. And I felt his pain the entire episode. So kudos to that guy. Well done. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, I droned on a little too. No, long no, no. Ahead. I didn't. I didn't mean to. to no, no, just, we're gonna. I'm done. I'm like I have. I have nothing else to add on this one. It sounds like you don't either. So I will have you add this, Megan. Where can people find you? Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Real Will Link and buy my book. <laughs> Yes! Um, I wrote a novel. It's called Crazy About Kurt. And uh, it's uh, it's about the 90s. It's an American graffiti, dazed and confused type story. It takes place in Long Island over one night. Uh, about four high school seniors. And it takes place on the day Kurt Cobain uh, killed himself. Yeah. That... Oh, man. It so, sounds so good. So... Uh, you know, pick that up because I'm really struggling to figure out how you advertise a book. It's tricky. Yeah, you you were mentioning that on Twitter, I think. Yeah. I've been buying Amazon ads. But I don't understand. Like, <laughs> one, like 16 people viewed it. One person bought the book. I got charged four cents. I don't understand how this works, <laughs> but, I mean, that seems like a deal. I don't know. Um, anyway... Uh, yes, so there's that. We're getting close to the end of this season. Very excited. And until then, see you in another life, brother. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to No Love Lost on the podcast Jukebox Network. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening, and if you guys liked the show that we put on, you might like some of the other shows 
put on by this lovely network. Um, Off the Cuffs, which is a kink and BDSM podcast, which is very popular. Um, Being There, Will Sean podcast. Will he? Uh, he does. <laughs> uh, you would know. Drinks with God and Proud to be Kinky. Yeah, so we want to give a big thank you to this network for, for supporting us and for giving us a platform to talk about Lost On. So, guys, it would really mean a lot if you would show uh, these other podcasts some love. Yeah, go back, give them a listen. If you like us, you might like them. We're on the same network. Only makes sense. Go listen to them. Give them all five stars. Do that. And then also give us five stars. Yeah, we could use it. 